Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Facebook. Today is Friday, August 21st. Tesla stock is way up, new U.S. COVID cases are down, and we're focused on one of America's most celebrated philanthropists. In May 2019, America was captivated by a commencement address given to the graduating class at Morehouse College by private equity titan Robert Smith. In case you forgot about it, here's a refresh. On behalf of the eight generations of my family who have been in this country, we're going to put a little fuel in your bus. Now, I've got the alumni over there, and this is a challenge to you, alumni. This is my class, 2019. And my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. This was Smith's major introduction to the national stage. But for more than a decade prior, he had been a major financial player, buying up software companies through his firm, Vista Equity Partners. He also had already become America's wealthiest black billionaire, given around $20 million to help create the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History, and was regularly talked about in his home state of Texas as a future governor or senator. But what we learned today from Bloomberg News is that for at least the past four years, Smith has been quietly fending off a criminal investigation by the IRS. In short, Smith reportedly directed some of his early private equity profits to an offshore holding company that was then used to fund his philanthropy without first paying taxes on it. That may or may not have been illegal, depending on what Smith said he planned to do with the proceeds before earning them. So far, no charges have been brought. And it's important to reiterate that. No charges have been brought. And Smith does continue to work towards some sort of settlement if possible. But the very disclosure of this case is a major dent to Smith's halo, let alone to his political ambitions, and its resolution could determine the future of a private equity giant with tens of billions of dollars under management and dozens of tech companies under its ownership. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Bloomberg News reporter Neil Weinberg. But first, this. We're joined now by Bloomberg News reporter Neil Weinberg. This case, quietly, you report, has been going on for around four years now. Is that normal for a potential criminal tax case to take this long without an indictment? It's probably not unusual. It's very difficult to evaluate from the outside how long these cases will take, but they're generally measured in years, not in weeks or months. Talk to me a little bit about Robert Smith himself. He's obviously gotten a higher profile or got a very high profile last year at the Morehouse commencement, but can give me a sense of his importance kind of within the financial slash private equity world. Well, he's a person who a lot of people rightfully look up to as a, you know, someone who has been a great success story in America. He came from a pretty modest background and he went to uh, Ivy League schools. He excelled in the workforce as a chemical engineer and he decided to move into financial services. He worked on Wall Street and then he decided to set up his own company, Vista Equity Partners, and has been a great success in the eyes of many people. He has over $60 billion in client money at his disposal at this point. 
Do you believe that his profile slash influence is having any impact one way or the other on the investigation or potential prosecution of this case? It's very hard to say from the outside, and I'm not really in a position to speculate on it. I'm wondering, what, if anything, have you heard from people either inside or close to that firm, Vista Equity Partners, about their level of concern? Because he is the CEO of this firm. And as of last check, there does not seem to be internally a succession plan if he is either forced or voluntarily steps down. Right. That isn't something we really looked into. Obviously, he is a well-known person. He is the public face of Vista Equity Partners, and he's important to the firm. You write in your story that his divorce from his first wife seems to have played a role, at least, in bringing some of these potential tax issues to light. Can you just unpack that a little bit? Well, his first wife had filed for divorce in 2013. And as is probably standard for very wealthy people, presumably there was you know, a review of the marital assets and it was in the year or two after that, that the investigation started. The nub of this seems to be whether or not Robert Smith had written down somewhere, whether in a fund document or somewhere else, that some of his so-called carried interest or profits from his private equity investments would be directed to his charitable foundation or not. Is that an accurate understanding that this really maybe comes down to documentation or the lack thereof? It could. We don't know for sure. I think what it will come down to, obviously, is whether prosecutors believe that he paid his taxes or that he willfully did not pay his taxes. And that is a determination, obviously, that prosecutors will make. In this case, because of the amounts and complexity of the way the money was handled, it's not a simple thing. It's not For example, like you and me, we receive a paycheck. Did we pay the taxes on it or not? It's much more complicated when you're talking about offshore entities, offshore trusts, and, uh, you know, the sort of financial affairs that someone of his means would have. Although he made it that complicated, correct? He didn't need to make it as complicated. You guys have a chart up there, which even by private equity standards is pretty webby. He would appear to have been involved in a web that was very complex. But I should say there are reasons people can have that sort of structure that are completely benign. We don't know. Just to go back to the top, four years, again, seems extremely long. Is there anything we should read into the fact that over four years, there haven't been charges, there hasn't been a settlement, and that this thing was actually kept under wraps pretty well, even though a number of people inside of Vista knew about it? Well, I think it's not unusual for these things to be handled very discreetly. But in terms of the four years, it would seem like a long time to you and me. It's not sort of outside of the zone for these type of tax investigations. There was, as we mentioned in the story, an associate of Robert Smith, who was involved in this investigation as well. And I think that would obviously add to the complexity. You're not just talking about one individual, you're talking about two, as well as all of the various entities that you mentioned, many of them offshore. Neil Weinberg of Bloomberg, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Welcome back. What we watched today was a Senate Homeland Security hearing on the U.S. Postal Service controversy, featuring testimony from Postmaster General Louis DeJoy. The big takeaway was really more of a question mark. On one hand, 
DeJoy said he is confident mail-in ballots will get to their intended destinations on time, that he has long voted by mail himself, and that he never discussed any changes to USPS policies with President Trump. On the other hand, he was vague when talking about the very real delays with recent U.S. mail service, including of prescription medications. So expect tougher questioning next week when DeJoy testifies in front of a House committee led by Democrats. Today, we're also watching the coronavirus's impact on expanding wildfires in California, not just in terms of where thousands of evacuees can safely go, but the fact that California typically uses prison inmates to help fight wildfires, but right now has only 90 of its 192 inmate crews available because of COVID-19 outbreaks in state prisons. Finally, we are looking forward to next week's Republican National Convention after the Democrats had their turn this past week. As for what it'll look like, well, virtual for sure, it's not going to be in Charlotte. But beyond that, we don't know much, except that Mike Pence will give his acceptance speech from Baltimore and Trump will give his from the White House. No word yet on if Clint Eastwood or his chair will be appearing. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Spumoni Day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Axios Recap.